Are you taking a reactive or proactive approach to your taxes? Do you wait until the year is over and hope for the best when tax time comes around? Is your business taking accurate tax deductions and receiving all the tax credits you deserve? Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Today, we will answer these questions and many more. So sharpen your pencil and take some notes. Now, here is your host, Marcelino Dodge. Good day and welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge, enrolled agent on show number 57 and just enjoying this uh, crazy ride with listeners all over the world, which I really appreciate you downloading this podcast. Also, we going live on Facebook at this time, as well as downloading this to our YouTube page at a later date as well. So you'll be able to see us there and find us uh, along with the various uh, discussions that happen that's already there for you to easily access. I invite all to join me uh, for a free mutual exploration session at your leisure. You can uh, schedule that just to see if what we're talking about here, because this security is what we're talking about today, cybersecurity in particular, or anything related to tax, just to help you to pay as little tax as possible, which is what always my goal is, but yet also to keep your information safe. You're invited to contact me at 844-394-4287 or email at success at cashtracksfinancial.com or just visit the website. Tons of information available for you there at cashtracksfinancial.com. As I mentioned a little bit today, we're going to be talking about protecting your business and personal tax information from the cyber storm. And usually when we hear the word storm, it things up about a lot of different things, but this is in particular to your personal private information for yourself or your business. And to help me with this discussion today is uh, Alvion Legal of uh, ABL Computers. He just released a new book called Cyberstorm, How to Protect Your Business from a Data Breach and the Resulting Cyberstorm of Fines, Lawsuits, and Customer Loss, which we hear about these going on uh, we hear about the major ones uh, from the major companies, but they happen to the little guy too, which you don't hear so much about, but that's um, just like myself. So you don't hear much about that. So it can be very costly for ones like myself. So we're going to talk about this today as the founder and CEO of ABL Computers. Al operates this IT service company focusing on the financial investment firms and medical offices where that line of security is just so important. And that's why I'm talking about this because as a tax professional, it's vitally important for me just as much as any of the others. And in some ways, even more so because I'm a little guy, supposedly not having this big IT department, but I got to be able to still protect your data because my computers are online, just like all of these other companies are. So we're focusing on crisis prevention, limiting virus outbreaks, also limiting security issues and want to keep all of these potential problems. We want to keep them to a minimum because that's just the best thing for the business and for you personally. And I love how Al educates clients on social engineering and social media platforms. This is something that many people don't realize how social media platforms can use your data in predatory ways. So I'm glad to be able to talk about that a little bit as well. So that myself as a business owner, my employees, and even if you're just a student going to school, all of, all of you and all of these people are actually the first line of defense against disastrous outcomes. Because that's obvious. That's where a lot of them happen. So I just want to really just stress it. We're going to discuss these very important topics today. And so I'm going to welcome Al. Thank you for joining the program today. 
Thank you, Mr. Dodge, for having me. Once again, it's always a pleasure being here on your show. Yes, yes, we really appreciate uh, having you here because these are such uh, vital topics to cover, especially security and related to taxes. See, it's interesting. I have a tax program that I talk about where I talk a lot about about tax stuff, but really because IRS requires that I have basically like a cybersecurity policy. And so because I deal with so much information, I feel it's important to talk about this for my taxpayers and the people that listen to this program, because it is important. We're going to discuss that even a little bit more as we go along there. And you got some wonderful information, but I just wanted to ask you a little bit here. Why, why did you feel it was so important to write, write your book here about the cyber store? Well, one of the reasons why I, I feel it's so important because a lot of um, small businesses out there don't see it as, as an important um, something as an important task to take on, but rather, or they figure it's an impossible task to take on. It's, so, it's super expensive. But I, I wrote the book with the purpose of trying to educate a lot of the business owners out there that these are some small steps that you could take to help protect your, their client's information and even protect their own um, information there so that they don't fall victim to any of these cyber criminals out there or these bad actors. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole purpose of the book. It's just there to educate anyone that's interested in moving forward in a cybersecurity action plan for their company. Okay. Yes. And certainly that's what I've been constantly working on as well. I, I've taken continuing education classes for this just just for tax professionals to do that. And so I've been, and developing a plan I know for myself is just, it's an ongoing process. You start and you adjust and you adjust and you just, you just keep adjusting and you keep it up to date as best you can. Cause it's, cause it's a constantly changing there. Now, one of the interesting points I really liked about your book is how we see how on TV or media, how they often show hackers or that little guy in that dark room with that hood on or whatever, doing their little thing. But yet, as you point out very nicely in your book, that's not not the case for hackers. No, no, definitely not. Hacking, it's it's not a difficult thing. And it's just a matter of um, you, of people just paying attention to your actions and what you do. And what uh, one thing that a lot of hackers use is something called social engineering. So they take a look at all of the content that you're putting online, what are you liking, what do you, you don't respond to, and even marketers do the same thing. So they start building a profile about you. If you, if you, have, a tax account, if you have a tax company, they, you will show you would do advertisement and so forth. So hackers gather this information and then they, they use this information to try to catch you based on what they have learned or what they have gathered about you so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And one of the important points you mentioned about that is, is how, and how you'd run that experiment one time in a class where individuals, where you tried to hack a, a cable company. Yes. Yes. That, that one it's, is very, is very good. So um, I'll just give you a brief synopsis of it. So what it is, it's just a simple, I asked someone to just get a, a, a video or sound of a crying baby. And then we called the cable company and this lady pretended to be, you know, that she wants to change 
the change the information on the account, get Disney or cartoon channels showing so that the kids could watch the channel, watch this channel. So with them calling and they're hearing the baby crying in the background, they have already created a, a case of um, sympathy or empath empathy with the agent on the phone. And interesting enough, the agent was a female. So you have that already, it, the, the, the scene was already set. And we were able to make changes to the cable comp to the account without even us having access to that account or anything like that. And these are some of the tactics that hackers use, something as simple as a baby crying. So it presented a, 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 um, a stressful situation. And then because of that, the, the um, representative on the phone was able to make the change and we got the Cartoon Network and the Disney Channel and all of these things added to the account. So th these, are, these are things that, you know, what, these are what hackers use for, for um, to get into people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oftentimes too, uh, we think about things like security questions and, um, and I'm sorry, passwords is where, where I'm going, passwords and pin numbers. And I know on cable companies, sometimes you're supposed to have the pin number to be able to access the account or be on the account. But as you just explained, it's not that well, it's easier than you think to get into these if you have the certain emotional appeals, which right. is certainly in your particular case that you described there, that is what happened. Now, I also appreciate, yes, we, we always talk about having a certain password, difficult password of a certain length and certain types of characters in the password or a pin number. And they always stress these areas about not having something that's easy to remember or or just all these different suggestions that's made out there. But something I hadn't thought about, but a point that you make very clearly in your book is about how hackers don't necessarily need to know that stuff anymore. They can get by with some other things as well. So what can you tell me about this? Yes, yes, they could get by with many other things. So um, I'll give you an example. Um, this happened with an accountant. And what this hacker did, it was the last day of tax season. And as any CPA would know, most clients tend to send their documents on the last day. People tend to wait for the very last minute. So what ended up happening with this person, they, they got a bunch of emails from clients with documents attached and so forth. So the, the, the um, person was going through their emails and they're seeing the attachment and just clicking, opening, clicking, opening, clicking, opening. So that monotonous and re repetitive action now, they actually, the hacker actually sent an email with a document attached. And what the hacker did, they typically, just a little side note, typically most applications, when you scan a document, it tends to give it a doc.pdf name. That's what it, by default, doc.pdf whatever it's going to be. So this, this file came in, it was actually doc.exe. And just because of the, of seeing so many doc files coming in and so forth, they just click, click, click that went. And sure enough, this was an executable. And all the bells and whistle went off, a bunch of um, things started happening in the background. And that's how easily People could fall victim, and some of these some of these executable files actually started to pull 
information from your system without you even knowing that all of this is happening. So a lot of times, hackers don't necessarily need to get your passwords for some, for some applications. They just need to gather your data and through your data, even through your browser that also will save passwords, they actually could use these things to get into your accounts and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, see, that, that email caution that you have there is actually something I've been very careful about for, for a long time. And even before I was working with you on my computer security, there were some other uh, professionals, uh, CPAs that I do some education with who talked about this type of deal and who mentioned the security part in that, you know, they have what they call a no-click policy in their office, which basically means they don't accept tax documents through email. And for the vast majority of people, that's what I, especially anybody that I don't know, that is the policy. I mean, it's no, you have to upload them, none of this email stuff for the, for the very reason that you just described, which is why I even have in my marketing of how seriously I take this about security and just protecting client data so that 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 situation is avoided there so so right along with this though as we discuss this here so they don't need to know your security questions there's different ways they can get in which i'm gonna there's a couple other things later on but a point here that i wanted to ask you about too is because you touch on this in your book about wisely using social media there. Why, why, is, why would that be important for a taxpayer to wisely use social media? Well, in social, with the social media, things, for example, um, Facebook, just to, just to use one, one of the major ones out there, people, the environment of social media, Facebook, it tends to encourage people to share information about themselves. And the, there is a saying that a picture is worth a thousand words. And a lot of times people don't pay attention to things in the, um, in the foreground of their, of their pictures. So people post pictures of themselves. They're looking at themselves, but in the background, there are other information that could tell you a little bit about yourself. There could be the haagen ice cream on the table or the Twix candy bar on the table. All of these little things start to tell. So what hackers do, they start gathering these small little um, breadcrumbs about yourself and start building a profile for you. So sometimes we have to be very careful. Um, I know Memorial Day weekend is coming up and Mm -hmm. what what hackers tend to do, if they know that you're always traveling on Memorial Day and you take pictures and they go back into your Facebook profile and they see every Memorial Day, you're in Washington DC at the monuments and so Mm -hmm. forth, guess what, then one place they know where you're not is in your office. So your office computers may be on and they will use this information to say, we're gonna try to get you during this time. So there, there is, um, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying don't post anything. Sometimes we have to just be very careful of the content that we're posting and make sure everything in the picture, in the foreground, in the background, and everything of the of the photos is what you want to show and nothing extra because you'll be surprised um, what may what you might be sharing with people out there. So this is something that you have to also pay attention to when it comes to social media posts. Okay. So what it sounds like, at least from the way you're describing, is that 
any any of us could be essentially like social media stock by someone and it and it doesn't and it won't necessarily mean that something's going to happen tomorrow or next week we're talking something could be a year two three years down the road as soon as they build that profile as you were talking about so that's yeah exactly so they're build they will start following you and they'll realize that hey um, you're a CPA, so chances are April 15th is a busy day or the week of April mm-hmm. 15th is a pretty busy day. Um, extension deadline, um, October 31st, sales tax deadlines, because this is all of these deadlines are public information. Mm-hmm. You could find it from the IRS website. And once they know that you're a CPA or you're working with this particular company or this particular client, they would use these things um, to find a way into your network and so forth. So once again, it's not a matter of um, not posting. It's just be aware of the content that you're posting. Yeah. See, that's uh, so it that makes it seem to me like it, you need to, at least when you're looking at a tax person or looking at someone to do your taxes anymore, it's not just dialing up the phone book or searching for them on searching for the searching for someone online it's like well maybe i need to look and see what uh do they have some type of social media page what are they doing i mean like what are they doing individually what are they what are they posting because it seems like it's got to do as much research just in that matter to find someone to do your taxes as, as anything because how careful are they being about their own stuff is going to indicate how careful they're going to be with your stuff at least that's that's what that makes me think of when you're sitting here talking about this. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things, especially for CPAs, um, like what I what I pay attention to, if I go to a CPA's office, yes, I know the desk is dirty. And the desk, when I say dirty, I mean, it has a lot of paper on it. But if I could look at a desk and see someone's 1040 there with their social security number, that tells me that there are, they don't, the company doesn't have certain procedures in place especially if they're, if I am sitting across mm-hmm. from their desk and so forth. So I do understand, yes, you, sometimes you put papers on your desk, you may be working on a particular client, but the most important procedure to do is to make sure and put away all of these documents at the end of the day, lock them away. If you're going to digitally save them, digitally save them and digitally and shred them, shred the paper and so forth. But um, a lot of, Accounting firms, they they don't pay attention to they don't pay attention to that. They will see clients with someone else's tax return sitting there because you never know who may take up their who has a foot, uh, photographic memory or even use their mm-hmm. cell phone. Something simple as a cell phone just to take a picture of a tax return that's on your desk. So these are just some steps that you, you could take to help protect your your information, your company, and also your clients' information. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Now on, on a, just a sidestep here for just, just a minute. I'm thinking as we're going through this makes me think I get these, I get these periodically and it's really weird that I get them. But at the same time, I'm knowing why is that there are companies out there or I should, well, hackers out there, they'll imitate major companies like Microsoft. And one of the things I know is that I get these emails occasionally saying your office 365 password has been changed or your subscription is 
expiring or anyway, some something that tries to create a sense of urgency that I need to click on the link that's in the email because it always because the subject matter always has something that's makes it seem like it's urgent. But yet I just from stopping, oh, wait a minute. Well, one thing is I know, okay, well, uh, I know what my password is and I know I haven't changed it, but by the same token, where's this coming from? And then two, if they're saying my subscription's expired, and I'm like, wait a minute, I know when my subscription renews, why am I getting this in September? And I know it don't, it's in a different month <laughs> that it does it. So, uh, and so, and then when I stop and I look at it, because they'll, they'll try to imitate Microsoft's logo and everything there. But when, but one thing I, I, I have learned is to always go and look at, okay, what's the email that it's originating? Where's the originating email or the sending from email, email address? Then it's like, well, in some way, in some cases, it's like completely different. In other cases, it, it tries to be just close enough. So have, have you seen some, some, some items like that happen? Yes, yes. Those are things that we that I see and come across a lot. And um, one of the things that there we have systems that we put in place to help in cases of that. Like, for example, I'll just like to say this, you know, cybersecurity goes beyond just a firewall and an endpoint protection. It involves cybersecurity just involves it involves people, processes and technology. You know, the processes are simple things that you will implement into your, into your entire practice, what you will do and so forth. The technology is where you put in your firewall or you have the risk and compliance thing. Those are typically things that is given to you by the federal government, you understand, some state or federal organization. But the last part of cybersecurity is people. Mm-hmm. And I know earlier you said that you don't click on emails and so forth. You don't click on links. And you, it, you, you made a very good example that you saw the email and you stopped for a second and you thought about that email. You said, I know my subscription is not expired. I know I did not change my password. Mm-hmm. And with cybersecurity, when it comes to the people, mm-hmm. it's just good. It is great that you stop for a second and just think. Just think about it because it's not to say your entire company is on fire and it needs to be dealt with right now, but you stop for a second and think. But what do you do when you have an entire organization of multiple employees? Mm -hmm. Not everyone will take those necessary precautions. So that's where companies like mine come in, Mm -hmm. where we put things in place to help those fast clickers we call them and we it's all about you know it's cybersecurity training we give them um, security training what we do you mentioned office 365 what we do with your office 365 subscription we brand it to your company mm-hmm. so when you click on the link it actually takes you to your um everything will look like your company Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that we specifically do. It doesn't look like the traditional Microsoft signing, what everyone will typically see. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we do, we specifically brand it and we let our clients know when you see this, you know, you're in the right place. If you don't see this, you're in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And these are things for the fast, for those fast clickers and so forth. 
But mm-hmm. another thing is some of those emails, they come through um, if you don't have a security, an email security system in place that's scanning your emails, that it's coming from, it's, it's called, those type of attacks are called phishing attacks that you need to have a security system in place that detects phishing attacks and so forth. And not, not all system 100%, but yet still, aside, it's aside from everything else, you have to have the security training. You have to do some sort of a branding with your, with your Office 365 accounts and so forth. And last but not least, if you cannot take a second and think about it, there is always an IT person you could call. And what we try to tell our clients is give us a call. Just give us a call. If you have any doubts, give us a call. Because what we try to do is to manage all of these things for you. So if your subscription is expiring, you don't worry about it. We take care of your subscription and everything for you. So these are things that we try to put in place and encourage our clients to do so that we take a lot of the responsibility away from you so that we can help protect you in terms of your um, your network and your infrastructure and your data. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, see, that's just great. Fantastic. Because that's sim, that's similar to what I do when I have a client come in and say they need help with a tax or payroll issue. And uh, I know you experienced this sometimes, but I experienced sometimes where they just don't want to let go of some of that control. But I tell them, if you do, when you do this, at least in my, in my particular, I know you do this, you don't have to worry about whether the payroll taxes are paid. You don't have to worry about if your tax returns getting done, these things you don't have to worry about. And you don't have to worry about your bank statements getting balanced, which some people that I start with haven't been balanced in three years. (laughs) And so uh, I look, I look at it like from what you're describing there, the importance of having a professional in your corner that can manage these things for you, just as I do what I do, having a professional like you doing what you do to take care of some of these background things, it makes, makes these computers feel a whole lot more secure. I know just in the time I've been working with you the last couple of years, I tell you what, I, I felt a whole lot, whole much, whole lot better about my systems. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. There, so... And it's make, it makes me feel real confident in talking to taxpayers and saying, yeah, you're, we're, we're, we're doing what, what we can to protect your data uh, because it, it's, just, well, it's, just, it's just the right thing to do. It really is. But yet, as I mentioned here earlier, one of the things I wanted to really stress or get to is talk about as a taxpayer, when they're doing their tax return, because when, one of the complaints I get, because you're always going to have shoppers, just you have shoppers and everything. And I get these shoppers calling, how much you charge for tax? And they go, oh, well, that's expensive. And I'm like, well, it, I give them a small explanation of this is why, not just the professionalism that we exercise, but the fact that we protect your data. And to some people, they don't care, which that's their choice. But then the other token is that those that do care, they actually appreciate it. And I've been telling all my clients, you know, you're not just paying this, you're paying, you're paying to cover to protect your data as well. And it's amazing the number of people, when you explain that to them, they really do appreciate the fact that you take such stringent security measures there. And so what I want to think about is, or get, get your thought on is why would it be very important for a taxpayer to consider 
not just price, but consider, is this tax person that's going to do my tax return? Are they going to protect my data? Why is that? Why would you think that's so important? Well, um, why I think is important, it's that in your, as a tax professional, um, I'm sure a lot of your clients come through word of mouth or through a family member and so forth. And these individuals, they talk. They talk mm-hmm. amongst each other. They will tell each other, oh, my accountant is really great. He's, he's, he's this type of person. He does this for me. He does a wonderful job. You have a raving fan. But now let's say one day this person has a, a breach. Um, your, their, their accountant has a breach. And now this person is seeing, this individual is saying, hey, another credit card was open in my name. I didn't open up a credit card. So then now to go, they would talk to their friends that they raved about. And then they'll say, you know, hey, I had the same thing happen to me too. And they talk to another, I had the same thing happen to you too. And then they'll say, how it happened to you? Now, when you're going to look at it now, they will sit down and realize the only person all three or all five of us have in common is the accountant. And this is why it's very, very important. And most times when an accountant, accounting firm gets a data breach, they typically lose all of their clients. Now, as a, as a tax preparer, it, I know you all are required to get to become certified and you all have to do training each year to be able to prepare people's taxes because tax laws constantly changes. Mm-hmm. It's the same with the cybersecurity in the cybersecurity technology world. The landscape is constantly changing and it is very important for, for you as a tax preparer and your colleagues to focus on what you do best and have someone else focus on the threat landscape that is also equally changing. And I would say the threat landscape for technology rapidly changes even more than tax laws, how they change. Mm-hmm. So it is very important. So when you reinforce that with your clients to say, hey, we are taking all of these steps. We have to get trained. We have to get certified to continue doing the best job we can to make sure you as the client, don't get an audit from IRS or don't have to pay penalties. And we're trying to save you the most money as possible. In order for me to do that, I have to also take the responsibility to protect your data. And I'm not a technology expert and I have to pass that off to someone else. So it's very important. So that is why you should, it's very important that people should actually look into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, if, uh, once again, as we look at the taxpayer, we think about the person trying to come in the office here and ask questions. What, what do you think questions that a taxpayer that's looking to at a tax professional, what kind of questions should they ask this tax professional about firm security? Well, one of a good question to ask is if they have um, cybersecurity liability insurance, and that is something that is very important because in the event that a tax company gets breached, you need to, that company needs to pay for credit monitoring for that individual mm-hmm. and making certain to get anything rectified. And insurance is the way to go because mm-hmm. to do this is a very expensive thing. And the way it works is 
if you may only be working with 100 clients this year or 200 clients this year or 300 clients, but when you have a data breach, they look back at all the data that is exposed to the breach. So if you have been in business for 10 years Mm -hmm. and you have 10 years worth of data there, that's 10 years added up of all these clients you have to pay for cybersecurity insurance for. But um, cybersecurity, um, credit monitoring, I apologize, credit monitoring for Mm-hmm. for these individuals. So that's a very good question to ask. And the reason being why that's a good question, cybersecurity liability insurance is not something that you could dress, get just like that. Mm-hmm. The, the, because of the threat landscape has changed so significantly, insurance companies are requiring you to make certain that you have certain things in place before they're willing to give you insurance. For it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like life, life insurance policy. They want you to go get a, a health check. They want to make sure you're not base jumping or s- skydiving and all these different <laughs> things so that mm-hmm. before they could approve a policy for you. So when it comes to cybersecurity liability insurance, companies, insurance companies are requiring you to have certain things in place before they could actually give you um, give you a coverage. And once that, once I think that's the key question that any um, tax client could ask their preparer if they mm-hmm. have, and that's going to kind of give them some form of um, as an umbrella coverage for everything mm-hmm. the upon. I, I like how you brought out about the cybersecurity insurance because I was at a uh, a trade show a few years ago, and. One of the companies, it was an insurance company there that was talking about this very matter. It's been a few years back, but they were talking about, and I, I was just visiting with them because, I mean, we always check out different things, but I was visiting with them and then one of the guy, the guy just flat out asked, do you have cybersecurity insurance on your business policy? And I had to stop and think there and go, you know. I really do not know that. I know I got my building covered. I know I got my liability covered. I know I have my business property covered. But do I have, I mean, I had to really stop and think about that. And so I kept in touch with them. And eventually I went ahead and I let my current policy expire. And then I went ahead and signed up with them and really got to looking at, because I actually called my existing company and, and asked them about that. And they had really no clue what I was talking about. It was like a new new thought for them. And I'm, this must have been like 2014. I'm trying to think. It must have been that must have been when it was around 2014. I think that was the last time. Anyway, that's what really got me thinking about this. So I was always kind of well, I have the insurance, but and I've been and I've stayed with this company for since then. I'm with the same company. But then till I got to talking to you about it, because I had always kept the the basic things, the, the, the internet security, uh, anyway, program on the computers all saved everything. And then, uh, but I just, but then I just got to thinking and I was like, man, then I got to visit with you and I was like, and then as just things kept going, I was like, man, things are just, I, I can't, I just don't think I'm doing enough. And as I've continued to learn more about this, it's like, man, this is very serious. I don't want to be one of those statistics out there of, of an individual who has been breached. So it's very important. Yeah. So as I talk to individuals, I talk to them about security. I mean, it's so important to me about it. I talk about it 
in advertising. I talk about it when I talk on this program because it's it's so important if you're when you're looking at a tax professional to have that as part of the introductory conversation there. So just to some of this is just kind of reemphasizing a lot of different things that we've talked about today already. So uh, just to kind of really hit hit the point home here though. So what steps once again, do you think that a tax professional should be taking to protect the client data? Just to, to me, this is just so important. Well, there are many, there are many, many steps that they could take, but I cannot go through them all. I mm-hmm. think it all it all starts with let's see what you have in place because there are multiple, multiple um scenarios or multiple solutions because we have to look at where the data is located mm-hmm. who did who is who is holding the data all of these things and there are different um procedures that you have to go through for that so something like that this is where you have to i would suggest you call someone like my company mm-hmm. ABL computers just to get a a security assessment and these are things that we do for our clients or prospects or anyone that's interested, we do that for free. And we're able to develop a, a cybersecurity action plan and for, for companies and so forth. But if there is one, one thing, I will not say this is a silver bullet that's going to be the one and done and you're protected. Mm-hmm. I would say the most important thing, it's backup. Mm-hmm. That's the most, imp- I would say, uh, if I have to call one item, I would say back up your data because in the event that there is a breach, yes, they're taking your data, but most times they encrypt your data. Mm-hmm. But if you have a good backup that has been tested and uh, and you know it's working and it does um, continual backup even while you're working during the day, that is something I'll say to go so that you could restore to any point of the day and so forth. Mm-hmm. So you don't lose an entire day mm-hmm. of data or anything. So if it's one thing I have to pick, I will pick that as a thing, but it's not the silver bullet that's going to protect you. You're one and you're done or anything mm-hmm. like that. Oh yeah. So many layers. Well, I just know just from what I work with here uh, that we've been talking mainly cybersecurity, but even within the office, you mentioned a little bit earlier, but even about the physical security. Cause I remember a few years back, I don't know. I just didn't think anything of it, but I would leave. I, I had a table that I would just put finished tax returns on. Didn't even think about it. And then the additional information started coming out. And it was funny because I thought I was sitting here thinking a few years back, you know, I have these file cabinets and I got four of them in my office, these metal file caps. I said, no, I probably won't be using those again. Well, it turns out that I'm using them rather consistently now. I they didn't have locks on them, but I found a little system where I could put a lock on them and lock them up and have the client information, the physical information secure. So that's the physical security side. So I got that down. And then as I continued to progress and learn more, I took additional steps of adding in additional cybersecurity steps and um, drive encrypt. I mean, there's so many passwords to get onto everything, but that's that's what you need. Frankly. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd just like to say just quickly about passwords is um, I recommend to anyone to get a password manager. If you're typing a password now from your head, the password is not strong enough. 
I would tell you that right away. That's the rule of thumb. Wow. If you're typing a password from your head, the password is not strong enough. Mm-hmm. And I will recommend you getting a password manager. Uh, what a password manager will do for you, it will help you. It will generate passwords for you, sometimes 20 to 36 characters long, as much as they allow it, the application allows you to put. But now the password, when you look at it, it's not something you could recognize. Most of the times, the mm-hmm. first 15 characters is some special character and so forth. But the point of it of the matter is that they, what hackers have realized is that even um, today I read an article where Microsoft is asking us to turn off the 90 days password reset settings on, on their an application when password expires in 90 days. Because what happens is that people, it leads people to, let's say if your password is, um, tax 1040 mm-hmm. and in 90 days you change tax 1041 not text tax 1042 and you keep going on so people tend to do yeah. these things mm-hmm. and so forth just changing one number but once again the most important thing when it comes to passwords are to just get a password manager select a s- extra super strong password just to get into that application and that application is going to generate all the passwords for you for all of your other, other tools. And with that application, do turn on two-factor authentication on that application. So whenever you sign yes. in, it requires a second code for you to mm-hmm. access. These are things that we do provide all of our clients mm-hmm. because we realize the level of security that is required for, for, um, for them just to protect themselves because we are trying to deal with the people side of of mm-hmm. the of the cybersecurity paradigm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely there. I understand that because most of my applications, yeah, have that two-factor authentication as a part of them, be it going to like a authentication app of some sort or a uh, a text texted code to to your phone because uh, at least the thought is that they may get the password, but they're not necessarily going to have access to that second code. So, uh, right. but I do know sometimes, so one thing I did happen to notice on one of my, when I changed my cell phone over, I noticed I had, did have to go into one of my applications and say, uh, this phone is no longer valid for that code. So I did catch that because they, because it'll send it to both phone numbers because it'll, but the code, I had to tell it to, that this one's no longer valid. So, and something else I do need, I do find always interesting. I've the last couple of years, this has really been happening a lot during tax season that I caution uh, tax professionals and even taxpayers on is that uh, sometimes these hackers will, will send you a, a message saying, oh, I'd like you to do my taxes. And everybody goes through a rigorous process here because of it. And I always find out who's legit and who's not because they'll always send, they'll say, okay, and do my tax. I'll say, okay, okay, I'll respond, but this is what we require. And I give them all the little requirements, which is standard procedure anyway. And then what they do is that they'll turn around and they'll say, well, uh, here's the respond. Instead of doing what I told them to do, they'll say, here's my basic information. Click on this link. And I even got one this last year that, it, it looked, I mean, the, it looked pretty legit. I mean, it had 
uh, a nice little uh, signature on it. Even had the guy's picture and everything like he was serious. But yet I said, okay, this is what you need to do. I never heard from him again. I even made it possible for, I mean, because I, I, I said, okay, here's your email. Here's some basic information. I can put it into my uh, client management program and just say, okay, here's the introductory email. Here's your name. Open up your account here and put your documents here. Nope. Never heard from him again. And I'm like, well, he wasn't serious at all. He was just fishing, as you say, trying to yes. see what he could get you to do. And I've had, and I've gotten, I've gotten these type of emails. It's been the last couple of years. These have been showing up, uh, coming in. And so that's where I know I need to be professional, which is why when I uh, have new employees or whatever come in, I stress about this. There's no click. Uh, in fact, with them, I tell them you can't click on anything <laughs> in an email that comes right. in, especially any attachments that come in. Don't be clicking on anything because this is why. And actually, most of the people I've worked with, I've had the, the, the fortunate to work with. They've, they've been like, OK, yeah, that makes sense. So I always explain the seriousness of it to them. And I explain the seriousness to my clients because it is so vital that. That they just do this and be very, very careful about it there, because it is people's information there. It is people's lives, essentially, that I'm working with here. And uh, I've established a level of trust, which. I, which I'm always amazed. I just do my best to help people, but it's amazing how just working with people, being kind to them and just being professional, just you build that, that level in there. And then how easily through something like this, that can just go poof. Right. Yeah. And one of, as you talked about emails, what I'll say, what I've, what I've noticed that's coming across the industry is a lot of accountants and CPAs have an AOL or Gmail or mm -hmm. Yahoo email address. And I think that it's a, it's a huge disservice that they're doing to their clients because just as how they, um, hackers will know that you have your, your tax accountant or a tax professional, they, and they find out that you have a Gmail or something like that, they can easily find out who your clients are, not, by, not through you, but maybe even through one of your clients saying that, hey, um, you know, Mr. Dodge, is a, he's a great accountant and so forth. He does a really good job for me and so forth. They're posting these things online. Now, if you have a Hotmail, Gmail, or one of these free accounts, what tends to happen and what I've seen a lot, it's that hackers will tend to create an email address that's similar mm -hmm. to yours if your email address has like an I or L they will try to use an uppercase of the version, like an uppercase I is looks like a lowercase L in some cases. And when they send these emails, they could send an email to your client saying, hey, Al, um, I happen to mistake your, your account number. Can you just send it over to me? And the client would just, okay, this is Mr. Dodge. I reply to that email. So what I try to let them know is to stop using these free email accounts because your clients could easily fall victim to that. And as I mentioned before about processes, some of the things that you could tell your client is that, one, we will never ask you for your bank account number via email. We will never ask you these information. We will pick up our phone and call you and ask you over the phone for this information. We will never ask you in an email for your social security number or anything like that. So these are things that mm -hmm. you could um, 
yes. you could companies could implement. And especially mm-hmm. with emails, that's the easiest way anyone could get into a company because most threat comes through emails. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I guess that's why for, for years I've, I've used uh, one of the URLs that I uh, use for business for the email, just for that. I hadn't thought about that before, but I said, I always thought of it as a more of a branding thing myself. I didn't attach it to a security thing, but it does make <laughs> sense that it would be more secure because you look at, in my case, lamartaxes.com. That's like, you know, that's coming directly from him because that's, he owns that. He runs. <clears throat> exactly. He, he runs that. So, but yeah, but I agree with you. A lot of the, uh, emails I've seen from uh, CPAs and other people that do taxes are not what I call a branded email. They're a free email. And I can see very well how that could be, be problem problematic for, uh, and it, and the crazy part about it is, and just what I've used in, in my little technology that I've learned is that it's not that expensive to see, even set up the email related to your, uh, to your website. Cause they'll all have a website taxwhateverservice.com. It's like, why don't you just use that for your email? And it's, it, it's very low. It's very cost-effective. And, and obviously from what I can see now, it's even important for security purposes as well. Yes. Why, so that'd be another thing that I guess that'd be another reason to, to question who you're using for taxes. What email address do they, are they using? Are they using a free one? Cause I, I would admit I have a free one, but that's, that's personal. That that's kept separate from, from business. So, right. uh, but, but if I, I may interject, if I may interject here, sorry about that, but you mentioned branding and, you know, I'll speak as a client here for now. If I am paying you to do my taxes, why do you have a free email? You understand? Why can't mm-hmm. you get an email that you could pay for? What are you doing with my money that you're telling me to pay for this service? So these are, as you mentioned, branding, that is really key. But it's, you know, since I'm a cybersecurity expert, I will tie it back to cybersecurity. It is a security breach there if you're using one of these free email services that you can, that you're, that they have out there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. So that's another caution for you as a taxpayer is uh, what kind of email is your tax person using? Or especially if you're allowing your friend to do it, that's another issue because that's, I, you know, you imagine how many, how unsecure that is, as well as how many of those that you got to fix. And then even other mistakes that are often made with those, that's a whole nother discussion there. So anyway, just, but just think about if you don't put it like this, at least from my standpoint, is that if you're not going to do your own tax return, you need to have someone who does it, who has not only the knowledge of the taxes, but the security precautions in place, both physical and software and cybersecurity wise, that way your information is protected and don't be afraid to pay for that kind of protection because it can end up saving you a lot of hassle because we haven't even talked about identity theft. We don't have time to talk about that, but it's just the importance of it that we got to keep in mind there. So, uh, where can, uh, we've been talking about all this, but where can ones, uh, if they've been very interested here, come about the Cyberstorm, where they can, where can they f- go find your book there, Al? Well, our book is found, it's on Amazon, just search for Cyberstorm. And just so that everyone knows, all proceeds from the book sale goes to the St. Jude's Children's Hospital. 
So none of that is coming to me. However, I have um, collaborated with some colleagues to put this book together. And you see, or you could visit ablcomputers.com forward slash cyber storm. And you could find the, it'll take you directly to a landing page. Now, if you are interested on that page, if you're interested in getting the free cybersecurity assessment for your firm, you can reach me. You could also fill out that form there, or you could just go to ablcomputers.com. You'll find me, or you can reach me at 718-848-8102. There, you could just reach out to me there. Tell me you saw me on um, Cash Track Financials um, YouTube, and we'll give you all of these things, a free security assessment, once again, there is no obligation to buy. This is just a free service we're giving to CPAs, accountants, or any type of businesses. We could come and take a look, or we could do something over the phone, over Zoom, and just take a look at the infrastructure, and we could put you on a path to becoming cyber a good cyber citizen out there. Thank okay, you. great. Thank you, Al. We really appreciate your joining us today on the Tax Answers Advisor. It's been very educational for myself and and for, for the listeners here about the importance, the importance of protecting your data and the importance of having the right tax professional do your data and protect your data. So ask them those questions. Don't be afraid to ask them, how, do the, how are you protecting my data? Which at least anymore to me is just as important as how well do you do the taxes? That's, so let's keep those points in mind. So if you have any questions about today or want to talk about any of the services from Cash Tracks Financial, always call me. It's 844-394-4278. Of course, visit cashtracksfinancial.com. And then of course, the email, which is success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Always invite you to uh, perhaps even give me a call for a free mutual exploration session, just to see if any of the services that we offer here, where we do very strongly protect your data at Cash Tracks Financial. Again, I thank you so much for listening today to the Tax Answers Advisor on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. We'll be back again next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to share next week. year you file taxes, save money, spend money, and run your business. You try to educate yourself and manage as much as you can on your own. But no matter how hard you search, trying to find the solutions right for you can lead to frustration and burnout. The traditional tax filing and bookkeeping approach no longer works. In a perfect world, the tax professional would work with you throughout the year so you have more time and energy to do the things you love. Marcelino Dodge at Cash Tracks Financial believes you should focus on your job and have a partner to support you to take care of everything else. That is why we developed our personal success and business success bundles. Our clients achieve better results because we focus on more than just tax and bookkeeping stuff. 
We start with a no-cost mutual exploration meeting to determine if our success bundles are right for you. To schedule your free mutual exploration session, call 844-394-4287, email success at cashtracksfinancial.com or visit cashtracksfinancial.com.